Welcome to the Association Strong Podcast, where we offer insight from both a seasoned association exec and an entrepreneur. I'm Dave Will. And I'm Tom Morrison. Listen in as we discuss and debate hot topics in the association community. Don't forget to subscribe and share us with your friends. Tommy Bahami. Dave, Dave, how you been doing this week, man? How am I doing? I, I've been doing really well. I just got back from a um, a, a great leadership conference in uh, in Park City, where a huge component of the the dialogue, the discussion was AI. And and when I hear that, Tom, like immediately before this, my mind would kind of go into yeah, 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 right. That, right. That's where my mind was like, I I hear it, I I know. And by the way, this is one of these time stamp things. For in a year from now, it's going to be a totally different conversation. We are recording this September twenty fifth of 2023 so like there's the timestamp, which i don't normally like to do in podcasts but there it is and last week i was outrageously inspired by the things i can do here at prop fuel and what we can incorporate into prop fuel and our guest today is going to talk about that too but you know what i love about ai whenever you i always equate speakers of ai like watching a horror flick because whenever <laughs> you because they because they always focus on what's going to happen. They never talk really about today. They talk about what's going to happen in 15 years. And you ever seen the 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 uh, movie shot of the crowd when a horror flick happens? It's like, I mean, that's what that's what that's what everybody in the in the in the audience is doing because they're scared out of this world about what their lives are going to be like. Instead of saying, you know what, that's all fun and good, but let's talk about what we're going to do today. And that's why I'm excited to have um, Russ here today to talk to us because I think that's where he puts his endeavors. And Russ, you can equate to what I'm doing today. So Russ I'm Webb, sure. Russ Webb from from the the Bay Area Apartment Association, uh, Bay yes. Area, the Bay Area being what Florida the, Bay, the real the real Bay Area, the Tampa <laughs> Bay Area, the, the, not the like, one on the left coast, the proper Bay Area, the Tampa Bay, which you can see behind me, the beautiful city of Tampa. Um, bold, yeah, bold words. Thanks for having me. Bold, bold fighting words, Russ. <laughs> Clearly a fighter, not a lover, but that's Clearly. okay. Tom's a fighter. I'm a lover. Hey so, Russ, do you ever write scripts for your meetings? Scripts? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I do because you know we got we got a, 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 a small staff, so I write the scripts because I'm do it with my present stuff, and that's what that's it's one of the least favorite things I like because I hate really writing, you know. Which I'm glad that artificial artificial intelligence was made for me something to ask a question and build out build out something. But, but yeah, yeah, an amazing it's an amazing tool, you know. And I think that's you said something earlier that really you know, resonates with me when you talk about like people talk about what AI is going to do and way uh -huh. all this years from now. AI now is an amazing tool. You talk about in you know, the four stages or four classifications of AI, right? There's really four stages that AI is going to go through. You've got reactive machines, limited memory, theory of mind, and self-aware. And right now we're only in the second stage of limited memory. But what AI can do as a tool right now for like you talked about writing scripts or helping with articles I mean, it's amazing. You, there are some ramifications and things you got to look out for, but it is incredible. I used, I just did an article for a magazine not long ago, and I used, it was about AI, and I used AI to write part of the article. And at the end of the article, I said, part of this article is written by AI. You guess which part. So, so, Tom, so this is good timing coming off of our last conversation with Jay. Yeah. Where the yeah. total uh, the the topic was AI. I want to be careful with Russ that we don't spend our entire 30, 45 minutes. I always say 30, it's actually 45 minutes to an hour talking about AI because there's so many other things as an association exec that Russ 
uh, can bring to the table here. But I sure. maybe we start with AI for a few minutes. Well, I think what's really what 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 I think is really funny about AI is that people when you AI right now has been built on data. I think the last time I saw it was sometime in tw early 2022. Now think of how much data and change has happened just from February of 22 to today. Yep. And that's not going to be included in any of the algorithms that come out. So I think that's what people really lose sight of. The average person that doesn't really know what AI is. What happened is, in February of 22? What, what, what's the reference? So, I, I, I pumped some stuff in it and it always gives you a thing saying I cannot I cannot compute that or give you any answers because what my were data you using in 22? I mean, the, the, I, really the, the first consumer level AI tool was ChatGPT, which was November. It wasn't even a year ago. I so know, like, but but the but the data that's being pushed into AI to get all this stuff for algorithms is up to a certain time stamp. Oh, and right, then after that, right. it can't okay. give you answers because it doesn't have the data. And I think that is what people, Rush, you correct me if I'm wrong, but for me, that's what people miss the boat on is, is AI is only as good as the data that is in there. And right now it's only up to sometime in 2022, but there's tons and tons of data and change has happened since then. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's huge that the people need to understand that. And I like that Dave said, you know, the consumer level AI, because artificial intelligence has been around for a very long time. And we talked sure. about... You know, we talk about you know the the IBM chess machines back in the in the eighties. You talk about you know Perceptron Mark One, which was a first artificial neural network in the nineteen sixties. I mean, this AI has been around for a long time. Wait but a minute, hold on, pause. Level, I gotta say, you just said in nineteen sixties. Immediately, I think of Hal from two thousand one, A Space Odyssey. Right, that was in the sixties. Yeah. And based on based on what they are already starting to work on then. But you know the but there's there's stop gaps there, there's all these things that run into place and when you build a tool then that's what AI is right now like ChatGPT is an incredible tool um, there's a great there's a fun app that I use called AI Writer um, it, it's a tool but there is a point in time where they say the information you're looking for is from here to here and that's that that cutoff that Tom's talking about and that's real important because when you look think about the amount of data. That has happened in the last 30 days, um, the last 60 days, the last 90 days, not the last you know year. And it's so it's it is incredible to know that you know that what AI is doing for us is great, but is it current? Um, you know, there there's a, there's a big question mark there on 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 what you should 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 not be doing with AI. So there's so la like I said last week, I was at this leadership conference at Park City. And um, there were a number of tools that we discussed and, and they emphasized like, don't get too hung up on the tools. Think about the concepts because the tools are going to change dramatically in the next uh, year or so. But there's tools for, well, I, I'm going to stop there. What tools have you found valuable either for you personally, for you in your speaking um, uh, career, or for you as an executive director of BAAA, well, how do you say that? Ba? Do we, ba, we, no. ba. we just we usually drop off or drag that last A, so it's like BAA. <laughs> so that way we don't say Baha like the sheep. Ba. Although we do have a sheep mascot in our office yeah. because of because of this. That would be really fun. Do you really have a sheep mascot? Well, we, we truly do. Her name is Dottie. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Is, is that member facing? Do you actually? Or is it just oh yeah, we're no, they're, we're planning in 2024 to really play it out because people yeah. seem to love it. So yeah, of course, this yeah. is a bad day. 
and it will they will they will uh flow into our uh trade show theme for next year really well but um you know the the tools the tools that i use um are the same as most people my favorite app is called ai writer um and that's one that i'm using most of the time when i'm looking at tweaking a presentation or an article or whatever it may be. Um, I like it better than just straight up chat GPT-4. I like the nuances. I also like the fact that it learns my voice because I put in samples of my writing. So it learns my voice and I, I, that's important for me. Um, one what, of the what things that we do? encourage our what members- is, Sorry, take me back to AI writer. Yeah. What so scenarios it, would you use that? Well, it's got the ability to do almost anything. I mean, you can create a social post, you can create a, a speech, an essay, whatever you want to do. But the thing I like about it is it looks for writing samples from you to see what your how your what your voice is like. Huh. So that it tries to emulate your voice when it creates what it's creating. Um, but I like that. But um, as far as you know, the other tools, like for my members, I, I, I represent an industry that has really, really high turnover. Um, the multifamily housing industry is probably only second to hospitality in turnover. So therefore, they're always posting jobs. They have a lot of trouble hiring people right now. It's very difficult. And one of the things that we've learned is that AI, ChatGPT, can can help them with better job descriptions. Therefore, right. therefore, narrowing down the chance that the employee they hire is going to leave, because um, the job description is 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 more robust and really does fit the role. Um, so that's become a, kind of an unexpected use of it within my industry. Have you ever heard of Rask? What R A S K? No. So I mentioned this to you because it's worth mentioning again. Uh, Jay last, last uh, podcast turned us on to it. So what it does is you can upload a YouTube file, YouTube video, and it's going to transcribe it into an English transcript. And then you tell it what language you want it to translate it to. It's going to translate it into that. And then it's going to translate the voiceover on top of that automatically in the voice sound of the person who's on the YouTube video speaking. So if I'm a if I'm a building training I can throw in our English version YouTube training segment and say, uh, tra transition this and transfer this into um, transcribe it into Spanish in the voice of the person speaking. And it does all of that and sends you back the file. And he sent he sent us a, a sample link that he did it for his church. And the pastor's talking away and he's talking in Spanish just and it looks just like he's speaking. It's, it looks That's like a typical dubbed over movie. It's incredible. Amazing. Some of the, I mean, some of the tools that plug into video are incredible. I'm using one called Read AI. That's a Zoom plugin, and it sends me full transcripts afterwards. But the most important thing I love that it does is it listens to our conversation and then it pulls out things that get repeated to pull those out as important points of the conversation. Right. So not only do you get the entire conversation transcript, you get a summary where it pulls out the things that were repeated and talked about over and over again. That's kind of a cool tool. Well, I know we don't want to spend a lot of time, Dave, on it, but I think it's worth noting something I read about two years ago when AI was first getting momentum and it said everybody's going to think AI is going to come out and take all the jobs. And it's not. It's going to shift the jobs. It's going to really shift them. And he said there's four areas, and this is good for associations to know and learn so it knows what they need to do in AI for their members. But it's also good for just the average individual to understand who's working in service or things that are going to be that are going to be taken away. They said there's four types of jobs that you want to be involved with in the next 15 years when it comes to artificial intelligence. One is builders. And this is for robots, but you want to be the builder because all this stuff has to be built by somebody. And then there's four jobs called trainers, explainers, and sustainers. 
Trainers are the people who build the basic algorithms that get it to a point and now a company can take it into their company. Explainers are the people who will help you invoke, put that artificial intelligence into your work cycle, your business model. Sustainers are people who are going to help you sustain it, the algorithms so as the market changes, like we talked about in AI, that you're, it'll always be current. And I think that's something for people to remember is builders, explainers, trainers, and sustainers. Those are going to be big marketplaces for individuals and our companies to consult in or be a part of is this stuff. Because like you said, Russ, we're only at the such the infant portion of this. We got mounds to go. This is lots of opportunity. I, mean, I think people don't even realize that, you know, language understanding from AI, when people think about yeah, language understanding is only six years old. It's only six years they've been able to understand spoken language. Right. Um, and I mean, we I mean, the world is ahead of us. It's it's not we're we're at the infancy of what's going to happen. So um, it's an exciting time to be part of it. That's for sure. So before we get off the AI train here, I want to add just a couple things that I learned at this conference that I want to share with with our listener, and that is um, there's a couple tools. One is called Mid Journey. That's M I D J O U R N E, which seems to be the leading tool for creating graphics from AI generated graphics. Uh, there's a whole bunch of, I'm just going to name the ones that I think would be relevant to our listeners. There's, there's meetings like zoom meeting recordings, like meetgeek.ai, fireflies, otter.ai. And then one we use here at Propule called chorus.ai analyzes the listen. I think you mentioned something very similar to that. Uh, there's research tools like hotjar.ai and dot digital, dot digital. Um, but specific to our space, something I think is really cool. This is a bit of a plug, and we're going to get Rob Barnes in here, who's the CEO of, of a tool called BettyBot. And BettyBot is like, it's brand new to our space. It's from the Blue Cypress team. Uh, but BettyBot is this tool that is now becoming like the AI bot for associations to be the gateway between the member and all of the rich content behind the association's um, uh, gateway. So uh, that's one that's really cool. And they're also coming out with one. It's kind of, you know, it's in development, works very well with one tool, but they're, they're going to be expanding this. And I hope this isn't proprietary, but it's called Skip. And you can ask Skip any analytics question and it will show you a visual display and give you the answers associated with the data so you can be like hey show me all the members uh, out of my database whatever ams you're using show me all the all the members that uh, didn't renew and uh, over the last five years um but had been members for more than three years you know something like that uh, so those are some ai tools that i think are going to be really really valuable as long as we're throwing tools out, I'll throw out two kind of yeah, fun ones please. for people. Um, one's called Ask Your PDF. Ask Your PDF. And it's cool. It's like your personal chat GPT for all of your documents. Um, and you can basically say, as long as they're in a PDF, you can just say, go through this file. Let me know if you see anything relating to this. And it'll pull that stuff out. Highlight it for you. And then the one that I'm really getting into now and just started playing with is called Perplexity. Um, and I love perplexity. So you know Wait, how what's like the first letter of that? A P, perplexity. 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 And like, you know, when you're going out to speak to someone about a topic, you tend to do a lot of research on that topic. And you go into Google and we Google and find information and we go to the first first Google result and we pull some information and take a look and note who it's from and then go to the second Google result and do all that. Perplexity is like 
let me just do all this for you. So perplexity goes in and does a Google search for you and it pulls things out and rates them as higher based upon what you're really looking for. And it shows it all on one dashboard. Um, probably one of the coolest search tools. And it was funny, I used perplexity to for the, the AI talk that I just did. And I asked perplexity, why should I use perplexity to search for information on AI rather than any other tool? And it found all of this documentation on why perplexity was the best thing to use. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. Cool stuff. All right. Hey, you mentioned in the green room your involvement with, uh, now you live in, in Florida now, but you used to live in Atlanta. So you were involved in Georgia Society of Association Execs, and now you're, you're involved in both Georgia and Florida Society of Association Execs. And, uh, you know, like, I, I think you, you gave a pitch for getting involved that I think is really important. So talk, tell us a little bit about your involvement with the SAEs and why you. Yeah, think I mean, so when I first got into the association industry, I like most people, I stumbled in. You don't, you know, can't even come out of college being like, I want to be an association executive. Uh, yeah. Like most people, it's we, we stumble into it. And when I did. I didn't know a lot about associations. I didn't know a lot about the industry I was in. And I turned to people within GSAE in Atlanta to ask questions like, why does my board take so long to make a decision? And why do they form a task force to form a subcommittee, to form a subtask force, to form a focus group? I, I, I don't understand. And so these people that were my mentors help me understand and get started better within the industry. So therefore, when it came time for me to give back, I felt like that was the most important thing that I could do. And same way when I moved to Florida three and a half years ago, I decided it was important for me to get involved in FSAE. Um, I think that involvement in your local SAE is the way that you give back to the industry. But I also think you develop that peer network that is that you cannot find anywhere else. Um, the people that truly understand what it is that you do. Um, and there's those, let's face it, there's not a ton of us that do what we do. So um, I, I think that everyone should be involved. I kind of boiled down, Russ, real quick. I, you know, I, I boiled down even simpler than that. And that when my when some when my board has a conversation with me and I am or, or I'm a member, if they were to say, so, Tom, are you a member of your organization that you're supposed to be a member of? I mean, how can I look my member in the face and say, you need with all my heart, say you need to join your association represents you 24 seven. And then I turn around and ignore that calling from the group that comes to me. And so for me, it's more of a character thing than anything. I mean, I, I got in it for all the, I, I experienced all the things you did as well. Peer networking stuff. I mean, I was on FSA's board for three to four years, chaired their conference twice in the, uh, in the about seven years ago. I mean, it, it, great experience. Then I moved up here. I like you being a member of GSA. I'm still a member of FSA and stay involved. But I mean, for me, it's, it's, it boils down to that simple of an issue. I mean, I don't. I, I want to know that when I ask you to be a member with my heart, I want to know that my member can look at me and say, "So, are you a member?" And I'm like, "Absolutely." Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of funny though. Also, when we tell our members about the association for associations, um, it's always it always gets a good chuckle. Oh well. yeah, for sure. All right. So listen, I, this is rapid fire because Russ has an immense amount of knowledge to share with us and we haven't even gotten into the BAAA yet. So I, I'd like, to, before we do, Tom, can we talk a little bit about uh, Russ's, Russ speaks at a lot of these events. You know, he, he speaks on emotional intelligence. Obviously, AI is something we talked about that you're bringing to the table now. 
was there something else emotional intelligence what was the other thing you speak on yeah i speak on empathic listening um i talk but i talk a lot about tech tools as well i got a session that's called everyone can be a geek um and i'm actually doing that one this week at a for a group up in alabama um and you know it's the speaking is you know again sharing and giving back and and I, I do strategic planning for association and visioning and I, I just think it's important to be able to the knowledge that I got from other people for me to be able to give that back I think that's very important you, you know it would be an amazing session Tom Battle of the Nerds with Beth yes. Zetnus Zetnus I love Beth Zinius. Beth Z yeah Beth I Z. never say her last name so I just say Beth Z and with Russ like have them up on stage, almost like we could stage a battle, make them battle like, the nerds, really, like get in each other's faces, like start in the beginning with like a boxing scene where they're, you're not, <laughs> they're sitting there doing a little stare off on each other. That would be so fun, wouldn't it? That would be. Maybe the next nine dudes a palooza, man. And that's that's for sure. Beth and I both be up for it. Yeah, for sure. Though it's, I just think, you know, it's funny. I'm a, I'm a, I call myself an accidental techie and it's, um, it's it truly is something people when you watch people the light bulb going above their head when you show them an app or a tool that they did not know about that they realize is going to save them an immense amount of time i love seeing that light bulb i truly i truly just think it, it's fantastic and then um i think i was with tom last year at Palooza because one of the things that i've been trying to do right now is working with association executives to try to get them to think differently um mm -hmm. that's been kind of my pitch to people for the last three, four years, you know, this is not your father's trade association. Right. Um, you have to stop thinking like you've always done it. You have to stop copy paste events. Oh my you have to Stop all of that. Stop Russ, it. You are you are preaching my preachy stuff. I don't know what I'm about to say, but you, you're singing my song. There we go. And the reason I, I say that is somebody asked me once, uh, uh, Ginger Johnson, uh, Tom and I, um, uh, Tom may have already known her. I met Ginger Johnson at Nandu's yeah. recently. She's awesome. We're yeah. going to have her on this podcast too. And Ginger said, so talking up to me about Propul, she's like, who's your ideal client? And I was like, oh, well, and I started to describe like the, the what we call ICP, ideal client profile, you know, that's like mm -hmm. essentially a persona, of, not really a persona, a description of the type of, of organization we want to work with. She says, stop, 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 stop. You know, who do you really like to work with like who do you i was like ah oh, i never really asked myself that question but the answer is very related to what you just said and that is the the, the ideal client of propules is the client that wants to the membership person or the marketing membership or marketing person that realizes there's a problem with engagement and they're ready to change their mindset they're ready to change their thinking because the clients that are difficult are like, yeah, I buy into that, but they're not really ready to make a change to the day-to-day -day operations. It's like going yeah, you know that, diet, but not wanting to change what you eat. You know what that <laughs> makes me think of though, is the moment a membership engagement person or membership director realizes that they're the bottleneck is when you all of a sudden, <laughs> it is because it's yes. just, because that's why we love Crop Fuel, because we're we're now having conversations with our members with a four-person staff that we never could have before because we we were the bottleneck. We couldn't get enough people it's to get the here. scale. It's a mindset yeah. shift. And if well, you're not changing and, and, your mindset, and technology won't do a thing for you. 
Well, it's a gigantic problem, you know, that that I hear people say, oh, we would love to try something new, but we're so busy. We don't have time to learn something new. And I said, you you have copy paste disease. That's the problem you have. And I mean, associations who do that, associations who do not change are not going to thrive. I think they're probably going to go away. Um, I do. I mean, you can be if your association is doing the minimal and literally the absolute, you know, we're supposed to do three things in association, right? Advocate, educate, communicate. Three things you're supposed to do. If you're doing those three things the way that you've always done them, then what's going to happen is your members are going to realize that they that LinkedIn can replace what you do. They don't need you. If they can get the information through LinkedIn, if they can get the job help through LinkedIn, get mentorship through LinkedIn. LinkedIn's holding live events now. They won't need you. You have to change all the time, you know, and innovation is what makes it work. So that's just, that's just so very important. Well, you know, and some yeah. of it, some of it, some of it, Russ, is that that associations still think they're in a bike race and they're not, they're in a NASCAR race. It, that's how fast you've got to be going. And, you know, it's so incredible I'm, how fast. For the, for the listeners right now, I'm Love sharing that. a cartoon up on my screen for Russ and Tom to see. I'm going to describe it to you. Russ and Tom, can you see this? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Okay, so, so there's a there's a picture of the in the medieval ages of a of a few soldiers holding swords and and protecting their domain, and uh, behind them, knocking on the door, is a salesman with a machine gun, and he and, and the guys with the swords and he says, "Tell him we haven't got time for any of his bright ideas. We've got a battle on our hands." <laughs> That's I think right. that, that is exactly what you're talking about, Russ. And and it's while I can empathize speaking of emotional intelligence we should go there next but i while i get everybody's so busy i am too we're all incredibly busy but there's you have to dedicate a certain amount of your day to figuring to working on process to figuring out how to do things different to do things better so that you can get out of that busyness and start to do things better and that's that's the machine gun would be better in this scenario. Well, you know, emotional intelligence day fits right in that because what association executive, I've just been very fortunate the last 15 years. We're gonna have I, I got introduced to Betty Bot, the artificial intelligence. Oh, yeah, Tom, you're, you're I got you're I got introduced this, to it right? at Nandusa Palooza in in September. I'm having a de- demonstration of it with our content in two weeks with my executive committee to take to the board a week later and hopefully get it in the budget to just jump on ship and run. Because and, and, and what that boils down to, Russ, what you always what you're talking about, emotional intelligence is association execs have to learn their board's demeanor mentally and learn how to tell the story. So they fear if we don't do this now, we're going to definitely be running behind where our members need to be. And that's what I that, and it's not a scare tactic. I just share the truth with them that if we don't do this today, then either someone else is going to run by us and do it for us. And then we're going to be irrelevant or the industry is just going to pass us by and we're still going to be irrelevant. So we have to jump in on both sides today. That's fantastic. Tom. there's five, there's five elements of emotional intelligence basically, but the first one is self-awareness. And that just shows that you get that, (laughs) that you understand that, you know, we are at a point where we have to change. And I think that's, you know, super important for everyone. If, if, you know, cause it, it's not just, people that need to raise their EQ. It's organizations that need to raise their EQ. And you need to be able to understand who your members are, what your members want, um, how to treat with your members, what's their motivation, um, you know, that those types of things and having that understanding, having that, we don't just put stuff out there and hope that people come to it. 
you know, let's, um, you've reached that, you've reached that kind of understanding, that self-awareness, that's the first stage of EI, and that's great. What's the second stage? Um, Self-regulation. Self-regulation. That's the ability to say, I have to stop doing this thing that's unhealthy. Oh, um, I, and that's, for that's an a tough one for me. I might be. Oh, stuck. it's a tough one for everyone. <laughs> I'm not it's even sure. The, I'm not even sure. Because it leads right, now. it leads right into motivation, which or they're so closely tied together. <laughs> but it's so tough for an organization to to say we need to change. We need to offer something different than what we're doing. Um, Tom, I think you heard me talk about my crazy FOMO event strategy. Yeah, you know? and and I know people people think I'm nuts. People, I mean, I've had people within the apartment association world reach out across the country and are like, do you really do this? I'm like, yeah, I totally do. If my members never know if an event's going to come back, they don't want to miss it. So it's a, it's a, it's an interesting strategy, but you know, right now it works because I'm listening to kind of what they want and what they need and what they want and what they need is not for me to copy and paste the stuff that we right. do. So what, while we're on this, so we got self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, what are the next? Yeah, uh, empathy. So empathy is huge, you know, becoming an empathic listener. I mean, we talked earlier about Lowell um, Applebaum. I actually have an entire class written um, that's the empathic listener. And the class is based on Lowell. Um, so it's it's fascinating because he's probably one of the busiest people you'll ever meet. You know, he travels, you know, three and a half weeks out of the month. He's always everywhere. But if you ever notice, if you have an audience with him, you have his audience. He doesn't do other stuff. He doesn't check his phone, doesn't check his email. No, you have his time. So that's an empathic listener. The the big difference, and we do this so much as associations because we've got all this constant input coming from members and suppliers and sponsors and vendors and everything else. We are listening to respond. We're not listening to hear and understand. So that's the thing I've got on the empathic listening class that I do is like, you know, I know you're listening, but did you hear me? You know, okay. that's the, empathy, whatever. Yeah. So what's the next? And, then, <laughs> and, the, and the last one is social skills. Uh, the last one, <laughs> uh, that's the last one is social skills and social skills, um, you know, does not mean um, does not mean social media. It means um, having Don't the ability in public. To be, the 100%. That's yes. what it is. No, it's having the ability to be an effective communicator. Um, someone with a with a high EQ level and social skills is just as open to hearing bad news as hearing good news. Because wow. they're yeah. Wow, when you say it like that, that yeah. hurts because it it I really as much as I want to to be that, I struggle sometimes with constructive criticism. Well, the lie, the lie that we do every day, if you work in an office setting, the lie that we do every day is we say to somebody, hey, how are you today? Because what we want them to say is, I'm good. How are you? And you can say, I'm good. Thanks. And then you move on. What you don't want to do is you say, hey, how are you today? They go, oh, my God, let me tell you about my morning. Because then you immediately do that everybody, all the time. Everybody, everybody fears that, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's I'll, don't ask the question if you don't want the answer. I, like I actually the that, answer that question. I when people ask me, "Hey, how's it going? Like, how, how's how's your day?" I I actually answer that question. I find fewer people are asking me now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the, the 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 big question to ask back, and I've had some people do that. Say, "Do you really want to know?" Because if they're asking yeah. that, then you know it's not good, and you, they're asking your permission to carry on. Yeah, let me let me dive in and show you, share with you everything there. But yeah, it's I mean, so I think that 
you know, and, and how I figured out this was important was, you know, when I, I had someone say to me, um, you've got a really high EQ. And I was like, hi, 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 IQ. Thank you. They were like, no, no, not IQ, dude, EQ. And I was like, I don't understand. They said, you treat everyone the way they need to be treated. Not all the same. And I was like, isn't that what everybody does? And they were like, no, it's not. And I did not realize that that was just it's ingrained in me. So because of that, I started diving in, started figuring out like, well, what does it mean? And explain the eye to me. And then you start learning a lot about, you know, and emotional intelligence is so closely tied to stress. And for associations, specifically associations that are small staff associations, right? Because you might have a title that's, you know, director of, you know, events and engagement or director of, you know, membership and whatever. But the truth of the matter is, if you work in a small staff association, you do everything. You wear every hat. Yeah, that's so it's stress is is part of the job because we have everything coming out from many different directions. And all stress is, is your body's response to pressure. That's all it is. That's how your body. So when you start learning a lot more about EI and how that works and and, and how you can actually train yourself to respond differently to things. Um, it's it's kind of a life changer. Ross, um, you are you are a fascinating person, and and this is awesome. We haven't even gotten into BAAA. So oh yeah, can, Tom, can we transition to BAAA now? Yeah, I think, I think just to take it, just to add a layer on top of what Russ said. You know what we do here is I always boil it down when we have issues because we're only four people, but we do a lot for four people, and a lot of that's because we've implemented technology as I talked about earlier, but. When we ever have anything that pushes us past our limits, we always say there's there's only four things you can do. You can add people, you can add change of process, or you can spend more money, or you can ignore it. And when you know I, that's I learned years ago, that's how I keep my stress levels down is to realize that it's not really me. I, I can change everything about this problem if I just add more people, process, or money, or or none of those work. We don't have the budget, and we just choose to ignore it and hope that they're ignoring it doesn't have a big impact on us. And I think that's what people don't have is that kind of that mindset of what, what do we do when we have that issue? Yeah. And I think that's, that's very important, especially the, you know, the, that the fact also Tom, that people process and money, they all do tie into each other. And since Dave was talking about you know, BAA, let me tell you my quick story, Dave, I, you know, I ran the day-to-day of the Atlanta and Georgia apartment association for 21 years. And that was the third largest apartment association in the country. I had a staff of 15, a $5 million budget. Life was great. Seriously, life was great. Um, I got kind of recruited um, by the Bay Area Apartment Association, which was very interesting. They were the third largest apartment association in Florida. I was the third largest apartment association in the country. Wow. This was the, th- the third largest in Florida. They were run by an association management company for nearly 40 years. Um, it never had an in-house staff. Um, the board made a decision to bring an in-house executive director. Uh, I was recruited for the job. And, you know, I found myself doing the thing in Atlanta that I tell everyone not to do. I was dotting I's and crossing T's. Um, And I was checking off the minimums. And I just, it wasn't me. It just wasn't me. And I approached my wife and was like, do you want to make some kind of a crazy decision and move south? And we both love the beach and we both love Disney and we live an hour and 15 minutes from Disney and our son was grown and we were like, why not? So I 
took the job and came down here. And um, I, did, that I was, make you a, did that make you a staff of one? I was a staff of one. Wow. Um, and then I quickly hired um, two amazing people. And then I quickly hired another and then another. Um, and, you know, I basically told them from the very beginning, me, me the me plus four, um, and now we, we have seven or seven of us now, but at the, the time it was, you know, me and then the four. And I said to them, here's what's going to be hard. We're going to be changing the way that everything has been done here. So understand that we're going to have detractors and people that were like, I like things the way that they were. And I said, we're going to have to just say, you know, I understand. And we need the biggest thing that we need to do is find these detractors and turn them into disciples. Just figure out what it takes to turn them over. So like literally the, using the NPS process. Yeah, truly. Yep. 100%. Yep. And like the most interesting thing that we did was like someone would say to me, "Oh, do you guys have an office?" I'm like, "We don't own a stapler." I mean, we didn't we owned nothing. We were a, we were a piece of paper that said, you know, apartment association. And the interesting thing is the Apartment Association actually has its history back to 1928 being founded, but no staff, no building, no nothing, literally zero. So I hired these amazing people um, and the four of the, the four plus me, five of us together decided we're going to do this and we're going to tell have people think differently and we're going to change the way that they think their association does. And the, so, the association did a lot of social events, they did a lot of social events. But, you know, we were not a trade association. We were not a professional trade association. There was not great representation. There was not good education. Um, so this is the things that we decided to do. And we did have some detractors. I actually had a guy who walked up to me my very first, second day here. I moved to Tampa. Second day here, they had a bus tour. They were doing a new community. It was like a party bus. Um, but this guy walked up to me and he's, he put out his hand, put out my hand. He goes, hi, I don't know you, but I don't like you and I don't want you to be here. Because he liked the way things were. Um, he didn't want things to change. Um, fast forward two years, um, after when that guy went to retire from the industry, he came up to me at an event and he said, I need to admit something to you. I was wrong. I was wrong. So you said, you and your team may be the best thing to ever happen to this association. So, you know, has it worked for us thinking differently? Yeah, 100%. Um, the association um, in the past three years has grown almost 40%. We've gone from the third largest department association in the state to the first largest by a long shot. We've put can, over a million dollars in the bank. Can you define that for me? What's the revenue for the for the largest? Yeah, so um, our our annual income now is right at one point eight million. Um, and so, and we and we apartment associations are kind of based on how many apartment homes that are members. Uh, we're a little over two hundred and sixty thousand. When I got here, we were a little under one hundred and seventy thousand. So, you know, we've put a million dollars in the bank. We've created amazing programming. Um, my right hand, uh, Crystal, is the most amazing person. And I, she was on maternity for six weeks and just came back. Week before last, it was like Christmas when she came back. Um, but truly, I mean, I've got this amazing team of people who buy into my craziness and who will say, let's try it. Sure. And then in the beginning, I would say, I have a crazy idea. They would all go, oh, God. But now I say, I got a crazy idea. They go, let's try it. Let's just try it. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Um, and do they all work? No, they don't all work. But, you know, but more do than don't. So, so I, yeah. go ahead, Dave. 
Th yeah, thanks. Wow, thanks, Tom. Usually we fight until one of us gets to talk. Wow, I'm, trying to, might... I'm, trying to, I'm trying to express empathy. All this, yeah. Thank you. Clearly, well done. I'm going to have to learn it. So the, the, the uh, uh, to that point about the culture that you just discussed of, of experimentation and new ideas, Again, looking back on this last week in Park City, one of the things I want to bring to my company, that being a software company, this shouldn't be too hard, but to create this culture of curiosity and experimentation. I want people to learn things. In fact, we have a weekly team meeting, and one of the things I'm going to bring to the team meeting is something I learned or teach me something. I, I come up with a cute little title for it and have one person take 10 minutes or however long they need to teach us something that they've learned, whether it's work related or even something personal, teach us something you learned this week. So that's, anyway, that's, I it's, love it's, that. it's, it's amazing. And I mean, I, the, when I do the, the talk about think differently, I have one slide that just says, try everything. And that's all it says. And I tell people, you know, I know this sounds cheesy. I'm like, but you will never know what doesn't work except for the stuff you're doing right now, because that's not working. Um, I can promise you, you have to try different things. You have to. And we learn best from, you know, from, from others, but we also learn from trying. And, you know, we don't learn anything when stuff goes well. We learn the most when things don't go well. That's, that's when we really tend to learn the most. And, you know, I, I'm a big believer. And I tell my team all the time, if you have a crazy idea, please bring it forward. Don't keep it to yourself. You know, I, I just think it's so very important. We do a daily stand up every morning because my, my team's remote. Um, so we do a daily stand up every day at nine o'clock. And it, sometimes it lasts 10 minutes. Sometimes it lasts an hour. You just never know kind of what's going on. But basically what we do every day is, you know, what's on your plate today? Um, what do you need help with? And what do you want to share today? Um, and that And that's what we do every day. Russ, can I make a suggestion based on, again, I'll keep going back to this meeting, the yeah. idea of the daily scrum came up and rather than just say, what are you going to do today? The question or adding or replacing a question with what, how did you do yesterday? That's Whatever good. was on your list yesterday, did you get it done? Yeah, I like that. Because so, what you're doing today is good, but it does not helpful if you don't ever actually get to what you're going to do today. And, and that's a productivity issue. No, I'm, and I'm curious if you do this, Dave. Um, so doc, this guy named Dr. Rick Marks, who teaches session two of our, our manager training program we do every year. Um, Dr. He, Ruth he, Marks, is that what you said? Dr. R Dr. Rick Marks. Rick Marks. He, and, and it's on emotional intelligence. And it's probably one of the most, he's like a doctor, Phil. He's just so intelligent on, he's counseled thousands of people in his life. But he's, he has two questions he says that I think you would, buy, you would like to do if you don't do them, but um, as a team, tell us one. Tell us how you made a difference in a customer's life in the last week. Oh, I like that. I like, I like the, that. The, the second question is then to draw the team together. Is tell us who tell us who in this office you appreciate this week and for what. So it gets people encouraging each other as a team. So those he says those two questions attach purpose. How you're making a difference in someone's life as a customer, but also then how who did you appreciate that helped you along the way the last week or two weeks. I love that, Tom. We have a we have a DEI committee, and at the very end of our DEI committee call, we always say um, we always talk about the DEI stuff during the call. But at the very end, we always say, "Let us know something that you're grateful for," and mm -hmm. it can be at work, away from work, doesn't matter. 
Right. Because it because it, it it finishes the call on such a positive note. Um, and it also that carries with people as they leave the call. It carries, I think, I, I think it goes one step past that even, Russ. It personalizes the work mm-hmm. relationship, which then draws you emotionally to someone because now you care about them, not just want to work with them. But I love that. That's a great, great. All right, Tom, I, th- I think we got to bring this to a close. I mean, we could talk all day long and I'd really like to have Russ back. This is there's so much more to talk about. I'd love to drill down on one of these things. But Russ, what we do at the end of each of these podcasts, we get to the section where we ask um, each other to to uh, comment on a key takeaway. Uh, it could just some point that was meaningful to you. And for you, it might be something that you wanna emphasize uh, either way. Uh, Tom, you wanna start? Yeah, man. So mine are just a couple of his tech tools. I mean, I just, I love learning new things I haven't heard instead of trying to go out and find myself. So just hearing things like ask your PDS and, uh, and perplexity, you know, just being able to tap into little things like that that can help you be just that much more efficient and more effective as a person in whatever you're doing. So that that was kind of my big takeaway today. And then you, know, you can tell Russ is well-read, got a lot of passion for giving back. And, you know, sometimes I've been at this 27 years and sometimes you can you can be going that way and then you can do this and you can slowly start it. So, you know, it, just listen to him talk is really trying taking me up a notch to just keep myself at a high level of what I love because I love I don't think there's any other industry besides being a sports star or Hollywood actor that could outdo what I get to do as an association exec. There's a, first of all, Russ, I, I'm going to blow a little smoke here. You are incredibly likable. Like you are just an, I I want to hang out with you, Russ. Like I want to tell my wife that. Please. Well, I don't <laughs> No, actually, I want your wife to divorce you so I can get more time with you. Like, I want to <laughs> hang out. I want to be your best friend now. I want to come down there and, and have a beer with you. I want to go play golf and go swimming in the water and frolic and we get pillow fights. It's going to be awesome. We're going to do so much fun stuff. But Dave's I, got a big boat. Remember that. <laughs> All right. But I it, and of course, I'm being a little facetious here, but you're an incredibly likable person, which I think speaks to your uh, natural empathy or your natural EQ. I think it's, it's, it's oftentimes very easy to like people with a high EQ. That's an observation, but not my key takeaway. I think my key takeaway, gosh, they're, they're really, I loved your, your journey going from Atlanta to Florida. That was a, that was a really nice story to hear. Um, Tom, I might give you the trophy today for a takeaway for me. And it comes from this conversation that Russ started about thinking differently, right? So credit Mm -hmm. to Russ for the concept of thinking differently. That was very impactful to me. I liked how you said though, Tom, there's three ways to address a problem. These are my words, not yours. There's Mm -hmm. three ways to address a problem, Uh, people, process, and money. Now, Mm -hmm. rarely can we throw people at something. Sure. Oftentimes people takes money, by the way, right. there's money. Um, I would argue it's actually not people process and money. It's, it's process money and technology. But anyway, I, I, process, look, at, I look at technology being processed. Yeah, I, I could see that, that too. But money and people take resources. Process just requires you to take a little bit of time. So it requires time, a little bit of time to think differently. And I love that. I've always been a process mm-hmm. guy and now I know why. So anyway, Russ, what's your key takeaway? Yeah, I and mean, I think that's a big one. It's funny, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I was, when Tom said earlier about, you know, when we're looking at everything that we do, you know, process and is the process that we are using the process that we should be doing. If, if we run into a roadblock on anything, 
on anything before we say oh, that didn't work, to scrap it. We say, did we do that the right way? You know, did, was there something we did in the approach maybe that was wrong? Um, you know, or, or we don't we don't also ever discount ideas because if someone says, oh, that costs too much, or you need a bigger staff for that, we go, well, could we do it if we change over there? I, I love that with the way that Tom pulled that down. I think that's very important. And you know, I just I will continue to tell association people, you know, stop copy pasting. Stop, stop, right. stop saying that if you can ask your members and say, when is the golf outing? If they can say, well, the golf outing is always the second week in November. If they can do that, that's a problem. That's a big problem because it just means that you're doing the same thing over and over again, which means that core group is fine. They're going to keep doing it, but that's 20%. Mm-hmm. And the 80% that are on the fringe, they're just going to see you doing the same thing over and over again, especially for the Gen Zs. That's not a group they're going to want to be engaged with. Someone that just does the same thing over and over again. So uh, thank you all for having me on. I appreciate it. What's a great really? way to uh, get in touch with you? Yeah. So um, I, I, so my work email is hard because there's a Q and an org. and a, So uh, the easiest way, if someone needs me, just send an email to Russ Webb, R-U-S-S-W-E-B-B at gmail.com. Nice and easy. Thank you, Russ. Really appreciate your time. Sure, you bet. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care, Russ. We hope you gain some inspiration that will help you run an efficient and effective association just like a business and maybe laugh a little with us. If you have a topic you would like to hear us talk about or if you just want to reach out to us for any reason, you can contact us at Tom at TomMorrison.biz or Dave at PropFuel.com. Give us a review if you haven't already and don't forget, subscribe and share with your friends.